Gloomy second weekend of whatever. The basement is flooding. <laughs> it's raining out. Oh, Cloudy. boy, you guys might be in for one today. Uh, this is Mike, Mike, and Oscar, and this is our Oscar Sprint profile of the Bong Joon-ho epic Parasite. So a lot of people love this movie, Michael. This is a rare review for yeah. us. Because usually, or at least recently, we have been together on the movies we've hated. Correct. And you really dislike this movie. <laughs> and I really like this movie. Yeah. And the last few times we've gone against the grain, we were together. Right. I don't know how this one is going to go. I mean, we, we both like did one of those handshakes from Predator before. <laughs> I think we're on the same page. But when the uh, adrenaline gets going, I don't know how it's going to go. I'm a little nervous. I'm a little excited. This I, is going to be crazy. I totally plan on backtracking against everything we just agreed on. In this. <laughs> agreed. No, look, I am aware. Let me get this off the top. Yeah. This movie literally has a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Right. I am aware how much of the minority I am in this, okay? I understand that. And that makes me feel like I'm missing something. So we're going to approach this review. I'm hopefully going to have some questions. Maybe you can shine the light. I'm not trying to say you have to prove me wrong and have to change my opinion. Because that's hard. And right. that's a great lawyer trick to put the burden of proof on me. <laughs> I and I, have, I, I'm terrified of that. I just have so much ire. But I don't know this movie that well. Right. Yet. Well, I mean, we still have to study it. Which is which I understand. And I'm not trying mm. to do that to you. But I... I don't like this movie. The bong hive is behind me, and yet I feel like I'm going to fail them. I'm really nervous right now. All right, let's get into it. This is Mike, Mike, and Oscar. This is the Oscar Sprint profile of the movie Parasite. If you've not joined us before for an OSP, how we refer to Oscar Sprint profiles, uh, what they are, two reviews for the price of one. We have the non-spoiler review. That's the first half of each one of these episodes. That's what we're going to do through the production profile, the performances, our thoughts on the scores, etc., the box office, whatever. Then we will have a spoiler warning that'll be a little bit of a dance party breakdown by one of the hottest DJs yes. from Poland. Uh, on the <laughs> second side of that spoiler warning, you're going to have the spoiler-filled review. That's where we get into the highs and the lows of the plots, uh, what we liked, what we disliked about this movie, <laughs> and all that good stuff. So if you've not seen Parasite yet, that's okay. This is where you want to be. It's a safe space for you. This is the non-spoiler review for the first half. Let's get into it, Michael, and start with a production profile. Yeah, the first thing I wanted to ask you was, are you more disappointed by this film hmm. because of its outlandish praise? And it has been outlandishly yeah. you know, positive. Or Widows, because last year we were pretty down on Widows. That's a good question. Yeah, I was. we were really, really disappointed. And everybody Widows. loved Widows. Yeah. We were in the, in absolutely the out there. on a limb in the minority. And now you've abandoned me in the minority. I here. have, but I, <laughs> I was on my... Other limb across the treehouse well before. It, it's just, I, there's nothing I could do for you, pal. I'm, I uh, wish I could. I, I I think it might be this. Because Widows, we just liked, you know, right. like Steve McQueen, Viola Davis, Liam Neeson, this looks really great. Right. Liam Neeson before he lost his mind, this looks really great. Well, we like the prospect of the movie. We right. love the trailers. We're into the pre-marketing. And yeah. this this Parasite, we have, you know, Matt Nagley, God bless him, from Next Best Picture. Nice enough to come on our show, hype it up, say it's a perfect movie. He loves it. Right. A bunch of other people, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. So I had expectations going into this one. So I think yes, you did. the more disappointing movie for me is this one. But again, I realize I'm in the minority when I say that. So, 
Wow. This is going to be something, <laughs> folks. All right, go ahead, Mike. You start us All off right. today. This movie was co-written and directed by Junho Bong of Memories of Murder, the host Snowpiercer and Okja. And for the record, I haven't seen Memories of Murder, but the host Snowpiercer and Okja, I was very high on. You love those. I yeah, loved you, Okja. You, Absolutely loved Okja. You loved it more than I did. Yeah. Uh, Bong used many crew people he's worked with before, like a cinematographer from Snowpiercer, both his production designer and music composer from Okja. But he used the relatively unknown editor Jin Mo Yang, who had only worked on a documentary in Arnold Schwarzenegger's The Last Stand. Which also wasn't a terrible movie, I thought, for right. what it was. Right, but that was still a surprise to yeah. me. Like, the, this guy's only done those two movies. Right. You're using this for your big Oscar move. This yeah. is your big Oscar move. Bong Joon-ho is going for it here, and now he uses this editor. It's just fascinating. But uh, as for the cast, Kang Ho-song has starred in many of Joon-ho's films, including Memories, Host, and Snowpiercer. Song plays Kite, the father of the unemployed Kim family in this movie. Uh, the, the wife, Chung Suk, played by Jang Hai Jin. She is a relatively new actor, actress. She was hysterical. And she's really funny. And a physicality to that performance, loved it. The Kim's son, Ki-woo, played by Choi Woo-shik. And a daughter, Ki-young, played by Park Sodam. They are going to be up and comers no doubt sure. they're both college age kids in this they can't afford to go to school because of the family's financial predicament the kims are on a collision course with the park family in parasite here mike Yian Kyo is the Park family mother, played by Yo Jong Jo, who after 17 credits in South Korean film, Mike, MTV, I just think she is the breakout star of this movie. I loved every scene with mm. her. I think she's stealing us so many of them. I will say the performances were very high quality in this. Yeah, Mrs. Park is awesome in this. Mr. Park is played by Sun Kyun Lee, and the Park kids are high school age daughter Da Hai and a little boy Da Song. Moon Gwang, the Park family housekeeper, is played by Jeong Eun Lee towards a terrific bunch of scenes on her part as well. She can easily parlay herself into a horror career as well with some oh, of the yeah. facial expressions she was doing in this. Parasite was shot from May to September of 2018, 77 days on set. It was acquired in October of 2018 by Neon during the American film market, which is a thing, I guess, yeah. an eight-day annual event where companies buy movies. It's the first time we've actually mentioned this convention. We would love to be there, wouldn't we, Mike? Oh, my God. Bucket list. Uh, <laughs> speaking of those bucket list destinations, Parasite premiered at the Cannes Film Festival on May 21st of this year to an eventual Palme d'Or win. The first unanimous vote since 2013's Blue is the Warmest <laughs> Color over there. <sighs> we just went over on Oscar Race Checkpoint how Parasite is the current frontrunner for Best International Film for good reason. Yeah. Right, Mike? This is the South Korea submission in that category. Critical and audience scores have been amazing like you said. 92 Metascore IMDb audience scores an 8.5 on 38,000 reviews. Parasite is still 100% on 145 reviews in Rotten Tomatoes. It is doing very well. I say it all the time, but it's worth repeating here as well that for something to win international feature, it has to have wildly high critical scores across the board and this one is shaping up and quacking like that kind of duck so yes, yes. it's doing well out of the gate parasite earned 20.8 million dollars in its opening weekend in south korea to an overall gross so far of 70.9 million the worldwide totals right now sits at 90.1 million on an 11 million dollar budget so that's good news for it's bong joon ho already in the black my god played very well in the film festival circuit it won the audience award at fantastic fest and the best film at sydney 
The plot premise reads, Mike, mm. all unemployed, Kite's family takes peculiar interest in the wealthy and glamorous parks for their livelihood until they get entangled in an unexpected incident. Mike, my expectations were super high, so were yours. I'm yeah. more interested in your expectations here. This movie starts. The credits start to roll. How did you go into this? I was excited for it. I mean, how could you not be? The glowing reviews. I haven't seen a single negative word spoke or written about this movie. So, of course, I thought I was in for one of the best movies of 2019. And that last trailer, too, best movie of the yeah. decade. I, everybody speaks these high praise, these high superlatives. Greatest thing ever. Perfect movie. Uh, <laughs> From people we really respect. Right. To the point where we bring them on our show. We I can't love talk these to people. these people ever again. No, you, you, you got a couple of reasons. You and Matt, oh no, you were mad at Leo. Leo's not going to get the award. And now this. Uh. I wonder if you're such a fan, and by fan I do mean fanatic. You're such a fan of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I am, yes. And you're at fanatical levels of that. Do I you am. think that factors in no. at all? No, I really don't. I, I, I just take I take every movie individually that I watch and I, I try think to you praise do, it on its merits. I think you do too. I was trying to get that. Let's get that out of the way now because <laughs> I know you're going to compare it to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood a bunch here. So I'm with you in solidarity on that fact. We legitimately love that movie. Yes. To prove it, we did the Tarantino Absolutely. rewatch. Yeah. You know it. All right. Let's review some production values. Cinematography. You thought this was awesome too. Probably the highlight of the movie for me. And I, that's, I don't say that lightly. It's very, very well done. So there are beautifully shot sequences, never mind mm -hmm. shots and scenes here. There's a journey through the city. I mean, this is like the city that always sleeps. I don't know if it's supposed to be Busan, <laughs> but I, I was trying to research, like, where did they shot shoot this? They don't say. And where is it supposed to be set? They yeah. don't say. But it's, it's just incredible. Like, I want to go there and just drink it in. I mean, it's really, really just fascinating. Uh, this environment, this entire environment, and the disparity between the rich and poor environments as well is incredible and in the way they shoot those. Lots of camera movement at times, and it's very subtle yeah, in some scenes. I loved it. I mean, you get some big moments. You get, you get the camera angles that are up and down and all over the place with a purpose, with a point. But the, the movement again, Mike, the pan downs, he's so smooth smooth and slick with those but he also does them in a subtle way like where you know one character is just doodling on a pad at one point and it pans down but you don't get to see it and it comes back up and it's just really brilliant really brilliant that was a point on one of the uh one of the reviews i i tried convincing myself otherwise by diving headfirst into a bunch of professional reviews and to no avail but one of the reviews was making the point how bong joon ho is always you know has people just on the outskirts of the frame yes so it's almost like the camera's looking where it shouldn't be looking like it should be of elsewhere to draw your attention but he's mm -hmm. not doing that and that's prevalent that's that's a really good point i thought and that is obvious while you when you're watching this and also not only with what you're seeing on camera but the the uh, artistic aesthetic of some of these scenes the mm -hmm. hues play a big role you know oh, yeah. you have the like uh, this drab gray like aesthetic when you're looking at the kim's uh, apartment you have right. this golden hue aesthetic when you're in the park's mansion the sun is beautiful yeah. there isn't it yeah. it matters so really much. really good job uh cameras also play into the plot like there's a cell phone camera there's a, a security camera mm -hmm. they matter so much uh to this story uh, so you got like this meta usage of the cinematography 
within the cinematography, which is cool. Some of these longer shots, though, the way he messes with camera focus, the way he shoots reflections in windows and mirrors, it's just really fascinating. Cinematography, in terms of a nomination for me, would be something that I would get. We're going to get to the Oscar lens later. Production design now, and we do have a poor family and a wealthy one. I, I think the production design is fascinating, and... It really characterizes both predicaments, I would say, and they both are predicaments. Most rooms in the wealthy park house have different color schemes. You got that gray drab for all of the Kim's family. Basement apartment there, so I love that. It made sense. How he shot this was really cool, too. There's one scene that involves this uh, flood, essentially, for all intents and purposes, and apparently they they built a set in what was essentially a giant water tank, yeah. and that's how they were able to control where the water was and why, how they were able to shoot in there, but that, that's a really innovative way to, to go about shooting that particular scene as well. It sounds like a lot of setup for what really was like three minutes of the movie, maybe, so... Yeah, credit to Bong Joon-ho. I mean, the the technical stuff is great. The performances, I think, are great as well. All right, so we got some common ground, folks. <laughs> see? See, we're still buddies. I love that the kids' paintings are next to the family portraits. That made me laugh so hard when I saw it. Oh, my God. And, but here's the thing. And this is why I wonder if this movie should get more points from you. And this is where you're going to add points okay. right now. Because okay. I'm right. Okay. This is... Delicious looking food throughout. <laughs> I didn't think so. Delicious. I was thinking of you the whole time when Ram I saw Don, the difference. I, but... I want to eat Ramdon like now. Ramdon looked delicious. Oh my yes, God, those it thick did. noodles <laughs> with that, whatever that sauce was, I don't care. It could have been poop. I don't care. I would eat it. Ramdon and poop sauce. The big <laughs> chunks of beef, though. The steak, I'm guessing that was steak. That was a finely cut steak. Just, oh, mm, mwah. The big meatball at the end with the, like, the apples and the sauce. Are you kidding me? The pizza looked eh. No, the pizza's supposed to look eh. The, the cake, way too much frosting on that cake. <laughs> you don't like a lot of frosting on your cake? I, I like a lot of good frosting. That looked like can't, like, no, that's no good there. No, but frostings make cakes. Yeah, but it depends on the frost. That didn't look like, she's talking about it's right, whipped we're cream, gonna go light and fluffy. <laughs> 12 minutes on frosting on cakes. <laughs> Because that's where the real <laughs> argument lies here. All right, no. Of course, the doggies in this movie. They're so Adorable. freaking cute. Adorable. Toy doggies. There's three of them. I just wanted to take their cheeks and go schmugga, schmugga, schmugga. Stay as long as you can. Let's get the sound here. Score. You have a symphonic score. You have the, you have the symphony for crazy the big or, sequences. So will you you usually score deaf? I feel like I was for this because I don't have any really memory of how. This I part purposely played. paid attention. You have just the piano when they're like changing settings, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be mysterious. I thought it really worked well. Anytime we get an introduction to a new setting, it's a very deliberate score with with that piano, which I love. Okay. And you, there, even at the end of the movie, there's a woman singing for this party mm-hmm. right that you know about from the posters and it works into the setup of that scene just brilliantly so i really love the, the the music in this film as well yeah like i said i didn't really notice it maybe i was just blind with rage by that point so performances mike kang ho song i think he's great in everything yeah, he is. He is. And I I'll, I wouldn't mind seeing him make some headway. Into one of, if you want to call him a supporting actor even for this, that's fine. But I wouldn't mind seeing him uh, make a little noise in that category or one of the acting categories this award season. So that wouldn't be category fraud for you? You, you would be into that? Because he gets a lot of close-ups. 
He's dealing with the widest gamut of emotions, I would say. It feels like an ensemble piece more so than it does any kind of one character. And I make that argument, too, often. So I'm totally with you on that. I do think that that he would be a, a strong representative of this cast in that category. And... Supporting actor and actress are fairly wide open yeah. right now. We, yeah. We've been over this a couple well, especially of Especially if Sony, for God knows why they would, but if they decide to put Brad Pitt in the lead actor category, oh which I think would be a, a colossal disaster. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Oh, I just, yeah, it could be left even more wide yeah. open. And you could see the same for Tom Hanks at the end of the day yep. on like a Mar- uh, Marlon Brando kind yep. of deal there even though he's supposedly a supporting level kind of character for the beautiful day in the neighborhood anyway i did mention at the top yeo jong jo as the wife and mother of the wealthy park family what a dumbass she plays her so well she's characterized as quote unquote simple there's a one scene where she's touching something gross then she puts on a plastic glove. Then her husp- husband whispers in her ear, and she brings the plastic glove that was funny. to yeah. her face, Lack to her mouth. Lack of conviction. You're not really doing any of this. You don't actually believe that you need a glove to touch these no. things. It's all for show. Yeah, it's all funny. for show. So I love that. And I, I do think all of these characters are very layered. And that is something that I think is a great achievement of the script to start to transition here. You have layered characters on both sides. You convinced me of more layers on the park side because I was all ready to be like, yeah, (laughs) go poor people. God damn you, parks. This is, I'm going to end up defending the extremely wealthy in this episode. And I, I, this is the worst position I could ever be in. Entirely against your politics, knowing you (laughs) and all the text messages I usually get. Uh, But I do think there's moral codes that are acted upon here. And yet the hypocrisies are absolutely rampant on every character. So to talk about dimensional characters, I, I, I love these performances and i love all of these the the writing of these characters i have big problem with some of the writing but i I do (laughs) love the performances yes superstitions are are a big part of this and i I think that factors in i don't think i understand north korean south korean politics i have a very base level understanding of that that is a major theme in this it's it's brought up in 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 one of the transitional scenes of the film by uh moon guang the uh, the housekeeper there and I don't get it, so maybe the secret of this movie to connecting us, to bringing us together, <laughs> is right there. That's right. And we I, don't know it. I would doubt that North Korean politics is the thing that we're missing as far as being lost in translation of this. <laughs> but maybe, I maybe, guess. Maybe, maybe. We'll leave that open because we don't know. I do like the fact that all of these characters seem to have like doppelgangers in one another. In fact, there's a poster that I think I'm going to put out in the artwork of our podcast today where you have the parks and there's, you know, four in that family mm-hmm. and then four in the other family a little older. Yeah, the parallels are obvious. They both have a son yeah, and a daughter. It's obvious, but for you, sure. you also have uh, parallels to the Kim family and yeah. with a, with another group of characters that I think is genius that made me really happy and that, that I called fun and you were just <laughs> not calling it fun. Let's just say that. We'll get there. I do think that the rich characters kind of test their employees throughout in a really fun way. Do you think this that- is fun, by the way. Sorry to cut you off. But this is fun. There are performances within the performance that, that's your favorite part of the movie coming up where you have like characters acting and conning one another and literally practicing their lines and that is like my favorite part i think the academy is going to go for. i like that a lot do you think that this doesn't happen with with the wealthy like do you think 
I know it happens with the wealthy. I've been around. I've had to spend my life like, in subservience. And you just don't like that it happens. I do. Or? I I am probably wrong to be angry with it and be t- be testy with it and sensitive to it. But yeah, because I, I I would think if I'm hiring somebody that's going to be as intimate to me as like my personal driver, of yeah. course I'm going to test them. And make sure, like, you get tested if you get any job. You get, like, a three-month That's fine, but period. the guise of talking about something meaningful and then insisting that you don't cross lines and then truly, you know, I want you to get to know me, but I don't want to get to know you. Or I want you to get to know me, but I don't want you to cross lines. I don't want you to ask questions Isn't that about... any boss-employee relationship? Yeah, but it, it's still, it, to, to me, it's bullshit. It always bothered me about mingling and networking. Like, there's just, the, there's always a threshold. And I'm the type of person, you know me. I'll, I mean, my mother's this way, I'm this way, my my dad is less this way. But, you know, I'll tell you my whole life story in one subway ride together. I just sit and I'll, I'll talk to somebody. And that's who I am. And I've always been that way. And my mom's always been that way. And I don't like those boundaries. <laughs> That's why I like this podcast. That's why we we get along so well. It's necessary. Yeah, but it's also bullshit. I recognize it's bullshit. (laughs) Okay, all right. (laughs) I don't like any hypocrisy. Your reasoning was it's bullshit. (laughs) It is bullshit. (laughs) All right, all right. And I was going to get mad at you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Don't just get angry. (laughs) Don't just get angry in this episode. I like your opinion. I respect it. But if you just get Uh, this is funny in a meta way because of the pre-production meeting we had, folks. Oscar lens, though. This is yes. the biggest part of every non-spoiler section. I want to start off with a question thrown at us just this morning from Rob Rosenberg, at keeping underscore current, no G, yeah. on Twitter. And he DM'd us and he said, how is it that Parasite is being viewed as a best picture contender and yet Aquafina and Zhao Shuzhen are the only Asians being discussed in acting categories thus far for The Farewell. We don't have any Parasite actors being discussed. I think the obvious answer, I mean, this is this is a directorial and script showcase. A lot of people pick those as the highlights, so that would be my answer for one, and we just said how we think it's more of an ensemble piece than it is an acting showcase anyway. Not to say there aren't good performances, but it's also not that rare to have a Best Picture nominee not True. have any acting nominees. I mean, we've had a lot in the last couple of years alone. True. Black Panther just last year, which was at one point considered a favorite to win Best Picture. Right. Dunkirk, Fury Road, Grand Budapest Hotel, Selma Her. It happens. And they have a hard time winning the bigger awards, sure. if ever. Sure. Right? They usually don't win. I think Yeah, to, I mean, to, to, to Rob's credit here, I don't think anything has won best picture at least not recently that didn't have any acting nominees but i do agree with him like this is a strange little red flag for this movie at the end of the day i would not be shocked if it's just a best international film original screenplay maybe at the tail end of best picture cinematography i would i would enjoy production design i would enjoy i i wonder if it's gonna be that major contender for everything that everybody seems to say because I didn't take the movie as a quote-unquote masterpiece either. I know you're far from that. Right. But it, well, I, if you're asking the Academy of Mike One, this thing gets zero nominations. Zero. <laughs> no, but you'd think like maybe cinematography. Yeah, I, can, yeah. I, I think I expect this at the end of the day to end up best picture, director, probably screenplay. I don't think any performances get there, so this is a good point brought up by Rob. But I, I would expect this in, in like an eight to nine nomination 
You would. movie. Yeah, you would. I do. Still. Yeah. So, yeah, I wonder where those other couple of noms come from. Because I don't see these actors having any buzz right now. No. And they, I think they kind of should. I think Kang Ho Song and Yeo Jong Jo are awesome in this. Those two performances in any year... Supporting categories, I'm in on those performances. The, I mean, the close-ups they get, the Oscar reel scenes they have, the emotions that Mrs. Park is showing, the emotions that he's getting across in a very just like powder keg sort of way. I'm, I'm loving it. So I don't you understand. Want a conspiracy theory? Yeah. Everybody knows that this movie doesn't connect well at the end, but they're lying to themselves because they want to hold it up on a pedestal and they don't want to speak out against it. So they're all saying the movie's very high, but that's why nobody's getting any buzz for acting performances in it. Because everybody knows in their subconscious Mm -hmm. this doesn't actually live up to the metal that everyone wants it to. To me, and I do this often on this pod as well, we say the darndest things. Like, (laughs) we do that. We do that. And I like that we do that. And I, I agree with that. Is that a little insensitive because it's criticizing all the critics? Maybe. Yes. Fucking A. <laughs> fucking A. I agree with you on that. I don't think this. If I have to guess right now, this movie is like a four nominee. A, oh, you think that's you? That's interesting. Well, I don't see all. I don't see all of it. But, but picture, just to substantiate the best picture nomination, it's I, to me. It's that means it's going to have to have a couple. Well, to me, it's I like. I don't see beyond cinematography, production design, right? And inter, international film is the obvious one. Original screenplay, I'm rooting for. I know you're not, and you're against <laughs> no. that. Yeah. Director is five, and then picture is six. Like, I just can't get beyond those six. I, I think at the end of the day, it's a four or a five. What did I say? Three or a four before? It's probably a four or a five, actually, doing the math. This is something good to research. I would wonder what the fewest nominees that actually won Best Picture, or at least was considered a top two finisher for Best Picture, uh, went on to do. So that's that's something interesting. Maybe I'll have to dig, dig a little deeper into the Oscars history and come up with that. But in all seriousness, the new Feinberg forecast says it's a front runner for picture, director, original screenplay, international feature. He doesn't have all the categories up there yet. It's in sixth place. It's the first major threat for cinematography. Gold Derby said 20 out of 27 have it in their top 10 for Best Picture. I didn't do all the all the stats on the rest of the categories. Something we can do throughout Oscar race checkpoints going forward, Mike. It's people just assume this is going to be. I, I would think it is because it has already. It's got that assumption. It's done well at the film festivals. I, I would be very surprised at this point to see it not. I mean, I'd be happy <laughs> because I don't like this movie. But I would be surprised at the end of the day to see this not make headway. Right. I'm bitter that Okja didn't get this reception because I think Okja was just a superior film. It's fascinating, fascinating. Yeah. Do you think this is a watch still for you? No. No, this not is not me. a watch. No, I, I will you're never against, see this movie again. You're against this movie. I, I was just so, I'm, I'm just so outraged by some of the things that happened in the plot and some of the decisions. Well, that, it's a watch yeah. for me, so we'll, we'll take that into the spoiler section. So far, so good, folks. And if this is as far <laughs> as you got, the podcast, you know, ending a week, uh, you know, a day later, you'll be surprised by <laughs> But right now, we're still good. I'm going to bring the thunder. (laughs) Spoilers ahead! This is a spoiler warning. Spoilers. 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 Spoilers.
Alright, this is the spoiler section for Bong Joon-ho's Parasite, the Oscar Sprint Profile Breakdown, brought to you by Mike, Mike, and Oscar. If you've not seen Parasite yet, consider yourself lucky. Go to the theaters right no. now. Uh, you can hit pause. We'll be here waiting for you after you see it, and you come back and hit play. If you've seen the movie already, if you're just curious to hear our thoughts. Well, we've hyped up the spoiler section for you so much that you cannot wait to go another minute without hearing one of us lose our minds and scream into a microphone. Uh, this is where you want to be. It's all spoilers all the time. Parasite, the Oscar Sprint Profile, brought to you by Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Mike, what carryovers do we have to start? So I wrote this carryover before I knew it was going to trigger you. <laughs> now I know it's going to trigger you. I'm afraid to say it, but I w I'm going to frame it a little differently. My carryover is stink bugs. And the reason for that is because I think it's pointing out the hypocrisy of the Kim character. Like all of these characters have built-in hypocrisies about them. And I they think are the, it's, the Kims are the most hypocritical people yes, on earth. And I think it's brilliant because they're the main characters, right? right? I mean, and you need those dimensions for your main characters. I think they're also there for the parks. They're a little harder to find in many ways because typically antagonists, you have less time with them. And you do have less time with yeah. these characters. So it's a little more nuanced. But the stink bugs the fact that kite flicks the stink bug at the mm -hmm. beginning of the movie is fascinating to me the fact that mrs park it does all that stuff with the rubber glove and screws up the whole hygienic thing about that the fact that mr kim shakes her hand and she's like disgusted by it and then she te she tells him why like did you wash your hands later on in the movie and the fact that he's protesting for the sake of public hygiene yeah. after the fact that he smells like sewer water and so does the whole family probably for most of this movie and definitely at the end of the movie all of that just rings with irony and drips with irony and smells <laughs> Of stankiness that I love it so much. Smells plays a big role into this movie. <laughs> if you've seen it, you know what we're talking about. Um, I think that analogy is purposely done. I didn't really have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with this movie until probably the last 25 minutes of it. I think the first act is extremely well done. I get the parallels. I get the message that Bong Joon-ho was going for. And I think it lands. I mean, he's showing the hypocrisy of Mr. Kim specifically, but also the Kim family generally. So if you went into this movie, and I want to talk about major plot lines to start this off, so this is perfect. If you went into this movie knowing it was like this morality tale, fable, like a Bible story kind right. of thing. But the morality doesn't, the, the morality question doesn't work for me. You That's my one of my biggest issues with it. But even to show like major mistakes, because I think this is a movie about major mistakes. I'm wondering if you went into this movie thinking it was more thriller oriented, if it was more mystery oriented. And then when the plot is something that you disagree with, you get mad at it more because in a fable, you know, the, the characters are are going, especially in a tragic fable mm. or, in a, in a, or in a cautionary tale. At the end of the cautionary tale, the characters are going to do wrong. They're going to fuck up. And, and in that fuck up, you're supposed to learn something like the moral of the story, right? Because I think that's I mean, ultimately you're, you're what you're this not, movie is. I don't is. think you're totally off base with that. But to me... When I hear a movie is a perfect movie, it's 100%, it's a great movie, it's universally loved, to me, I'm expecting my mouth to drop at something in the movie. Yeah. Usually that comes from a place of drama, uh, maybe dramatic thriller, so you might be onto something there, but I'm expecting to be wowed by something plot-specific. A twist, a revelation, a character development, something. No, I do not have that here at I'm all. I'm surprised. And I'm far from it. 
It's in there, though. Not to say that... It, uh, to, yeah, right. To me, the attempt is in there. Right. It's not to say that subjectively you won't feel right. that. To me, uh, subjectively, I felt that when you get into the secret and, uh, room. And obviously a lot of people did. When you get to that secret room phase of the latter half of Act 2, that midpoint, I am just floored. And I, I think it's wonderful. And it's such a you know dis disparity from the first half of the movie. And yet it all flows. I, I, I really like that. And then you have the big party that it's all building to. I love huge finales that that go above the the midpoint and i really respect the film that's able to do that i mean even the dark knight that we loved i think the best part of that movie or the biggest part of that movie is definitely in the middle and typically films get there like that's why i love avengers endgame so much that's why i love once upon a time in hollywood so much when you can give the hammer spot to your best stuff i love it if mr kim yeah didn't stab mr park right i understand it would undo the entire movie because i understand in everybody's mind it yep. was building to that moment mm -hmm. not mine i don't think it was worthy of that it was an overreaction but if that didn't happen i would have much less of a problem i think with this movie because the build-up would be to something else that wouldn't have been the crescendo which i totally and wholly disagree with anyway now this is not a lawyer joke but do you think your profession as being someone who has to is, has to deal with yeah terrible mistakes Absolutely. Made in the in the mo absolute worst moments of people Absolutely. on a daily basis for many years, having to see mm -hmm. firsthand the uh, consequences of their errors. That has to play on you. Yeah, I don't think you're you're wrong there at all. I think absolutely. I mean, you see, you're so used to the buildup of of these actions and these events that lead to these. Whether it's a restraining order or whether it's a, a, a conflict, or right. a domestic dispute, whatever. You certainly get used to what makes sense and what doesn't, and you can empathize and you can't. To me, I have a big problem with characters and people in movies and whatever who, while, to me, wildly overreact. And I'm sure mm -hmm. me considering what is a wild overreaction comes from well, my profession. You do have a next level understanding of those moments of how right. exactly they happen. Now, to be fair, you're in a courtroom and you're hearing both sides present arguments, thorough arguments, to explain yeah. and reject the motivations right. for these moments. So you're, As opposed to in the movie, you're seeing that. You're able to ponder it. You're able to digest it. It's a built-up thing for weeks mm -hmm. at a time, if not days at a time, right? And I don't, months. I don't think that build-up was here. I, like, I, yeah, but this... it can't be here, is what I'm going to say as okay. a retort. Because in a movie, that's impossible. In a movie, it's all subtext. It's all, yeah, it's all layered. I disagree I because it it's there. Be. It's there in other movies that I. I, I my I, whole problem to my, me, it's like enough of it's there for me. Right, like right. I, and I, I, when I, I watched this movie and when we argued about it last night and this and before the production, I didn't have a problem yeah, it's with a, this it's, happening. It's a threshold argument. I think you're absolutely right. And to me, it doesn't get yeah. there. And to you, it does. And to many millions of other people, it does. But my whole thesis for this, and this is what I, I sent you beforehand when I was doing some soul searching, why do I have such a disdain for this? Yeah. I can't stand people who wildly overreact in movies or characters who don't. When the overreaction isn't being apparent to the story, when it's not clear within the subtext of the, within the text of the story that they are overreacting, when it's posted as some sort of moral question, and to me, this is a subjective matter, but when it's posed as a moral question, but to me, it's glaringly obvious what should happen. Right. I, I can't stand that. I get insulted by it. And I think that's what happened here. Like, the decision was for Mr. Kim, is he going to pick up the knife and stab Mr. Park? 
That's a wild overreaction, but it's posited within the context of the movie as some moral play, morality play. And so, yeah, yes. Blurred, blurring of ethical lines. I don't disagree. Now, it is a fuck up, and it is treated as such afterwards. He yeah. knows he screws he, up. He, yeah, he says he was wrong. It was also set up in the scene where the wife tells him you would scatter like a cockroach. You wouldn't face hey, dude, your fear. Get a divorce, maybe. You're right. Again, <laughs> it's, a, it's a screw-up. It's a major screw-up. It's a life-altering screw-up. But it's, it is set up and built up throughout the movie in the characterization between these two guys who are essentially sparring and then they're crossing swords and in the subtext of their relationship, Mr. Park and Mr. Kim. And he is literally assuming the identity of this person to where they're squatting in the house while he's Does on he vacation. Does he have no accountability for anything does he think he's just he doing what is, he has to do to survive look he is wrong and of he course knows he is. he's wrong but afterwards. does he know he's wrong he, he knows, knows he afterwards. knows he's wrong he knows murdering is wrong right does he know like does he have no accountability for the weaseling into this position he did right he, i think he thinks and they, the way they rationalize it is there it's necessary because their backs are up against the wall they can't even have then guess what you have to eat shit sometimes in your profession look at I, I don't justify the murder. And I <laughs> but don't the movie's justify, trying to, isn't it? I don't think it is because he is literally left in a prison cell for perpetuity. And that's why I kind of wanted to start this yeah. section off. I'm glad we can get to it here. I've heard and read a lot of discourse on the epilogue of this movie. Is the whole flash forward something that comes true with the son making money and buying his buying the house or is it a pure fantasy is is bong joon ho describing it as a pure fantasy the way the movie starts and i think this is the brilliance of the epilogue because you get a a call back to the beginning which reminded me of the hereditary dollhouse because you got staring out the window during the credits here is your essentially your curtain for the mm -hmm. film you pan down into the scene. Mm -hmm. At the end, after the son tells the story to the audience with voiceover narration, the only time it's given, essentially, with the father reading the letter, yep. and then the son you know, making a plan, which is against the father's big speech to him later. So he is learning from the father's sins in that way. Yeah, maybe he should have learned not to carry a fucking boulder around with him everywhere. He, he was fucking up too. He, he could have had the biggest F up of the whole movie as well. I got to stop saying the, the full word. But all right, so he, you pan down after that flash forward. Is it a fantasy or not? You pan down back into the sun writing something. Yeah, I interpreted that wholly as fantasy or daydreaming. Because this is already, I mean, the son has already admitted that he's failed at university right. a couple times and he plans to get it back there and he wants to make all his money. If and, that's the case, yeah. then what Bong Joon-ho is saying here is this father is condemned. That, you know, Mr. Kim is condemned for his sins. There's nothing anybody can do about it unless he gets caught, which he probably could get caught based on that how That existence is still better than a South Korean jail. So I don't think he's condemned. Well, he's condemned for, to isolation. And this is a man who's li been a family man who's thrived. The only thing he's clung to is the, his family. Another problem. I don't buy it because... Well, I'm saying it is punishment in the movie, in the framework yeah, of the Yeah, but it's not. It's movie. not the worst punishment he could... Yeah, it is a type of punishment, I agree. But it's not the worst punishment he could have. He's avoiding the worst punishment he could have. Because he's jail. not going to jail. He can sneak upstairs and go to a fridge at all times. And he can, he can communicate with his son here's, still, for Christ's here's sake. Here's what's in interesting uh, thematically is that he found all these parallels with the man under the stairs, Moon Gwang's husband. I don't think we got a name from him. I don't who think is either. Yeah. living there under there for four years. 
and and three months mm-hmm. and we have him being told mr kim being told how this man operates the morse code he's being given the blueprint right, on how you could survive yep. under there and he could figure out the rest if he's forced to stay there does he think after he kills mr park that he should condemn himself to that life that's a better that movie isolation. than what we got I, think I would that, love, but I, I would love an investigation of that. But I, I'm arguing that's what he yeah, does. Yeah, but that's an interpretation, right? You can, right. I mean, there's an, easy, there's an easy counter argument to that, right? If the that movie, he's just afraid, right? If but the movie put that, too. if the movie put that out as the yeah. the question, I, there's so many other better movies to me within this movie that they decide they just didn't go. Bong Joon Ho didn't go down. That would be a better movie than what we got to me investigating that kind of morality. So you wanted more. Uh, you wanted Parasite, the sequel, but you wanted in many ways you wanted to move things up in the plot, and that's usually yeah. a fix for scripts. To be honest with you, and and having dealt if with the scripts party before, was at the midway point of Act Two, right? right. And then uh, Mr. Kim goes into hiding, and then the rest of the movie is his son trying to find out if his father's still alive, and then finally getting the letter figured out, which is bullshit, by the way. That well, but is that intrigued you, ridiculous. but you needed more. You yeah. needed more information. I still don't think that is wholly ridiculous because of the fact that Mike. the son <laughs> is going to put together where the father went. He knows his dad. That's and he fine. Knows I don't his have a problem with that. He's a dumbass. So he's and just he knows, sitting out there on a hill but with he, binoculars. He knows his dad's in a secret room. He's trying to get a glimpse of his father in this home in the middle of the night in a snowstorm. So he's obviously committed to getting a glimpse Nobody's of his father Nobody's going to see house. him up there while he's there long enough to write down all the dots and dashes and interpret that it's Morse code and then make sure he's he got t- the entire Mark. message and then go back and translate it. The arguing it. away of that obvious objection was that he does it after the tails leave him. The, after the tails stop, he's up there in the woods. I'm not the saying cops. I'm not saying the tails. Yeah, I'm saying anyone from the family. I'm saying that housekeeper that's there 24 well, seven apparently. Well, here's what's interesting, and I think in reality, like you and I would get caught. But what's interesting is in the reality of this film, we have Moon Gwang's husband who had successfully survived there with help. Yep. And then we have the father talking about how dangerous and perilous it is to take his life into his own hands and steal food. That's such a hypocrisy. Yeah. But it's only you know. A year later, and I, I'm, the way I take it is this father's going to get caught by this German family or somebody, and he's not going to be able to hang down there without help. That's why the son has this imperative to make something happen, and even the son's plan is probably something that is going to but fail miserably. But it doesn't miserably. make sense. It doesn't make, it doesn't add up timeline-wise. So he thinks he's going, he's submitting to the fact that he's going to get caught, but he's still flicking the lights every day. But he has to have been doing that long enough to where the son lost his tail, which would have been months. Well, so he's already this, not getting caught. Isn't this the wealthy criticism of poor people everywhere, though, that the fact that poor people immediately want to get rich quick and they have this, you know, this get rich quick scheme. And that's what the Kims have during the movie. And instead of slowly but surely fixing their situation one problem after the next this is our lives and our financial predicaments as well we've learned these lessons ourselves that's not reality in the movie mike this family resorts to criminal behavior ultimately to 
to just completely con this family and to get other people out of their jobs. The Kims are wrong in that they completely set traps for Yoon, for Moon Gwang, and they get what them out of their, on their is, jobs. What is the biggest problem I have with this movie. The but the parks Kings are, supposed, are wrong. The, the Kims par- are wrong. But the parks are treated as the antagonists, and they're supposed to be the antagonists, and to me, they're just not. But here's the thing. The, the Kims movie, are I agree with wrong. You. I yes. do agree with you. The Kims make the wrong choices at every stage of this film. And it's ultimately a comeuppance tale on the Kims because the Kims screw up the ending and now the Kims plan to get the father out of it. The son's plan to get the father out of his, you know, extreme poverty, like the extreme metaphor of poverty, living by yourself, stealing your every meal. Now the son comes up with a what? A a daydream of I'm going to... I'm going to become rich. I'm going to make money first. Then I'm going to become rich. And then you and mom are going to embrace in the garden. Yeah. but uh, It's bullshit. It is bullshit. And it's purposely I don't, I don't really being have, described as bullshit. Yeah, I don't have issue with how that's presented. I have issue with the, the actual points of the plot getting to that point. Like, the son would get caught. Kim would get caught. I don't if think a housekeeper the son there twenty four seven. I don't. I disagree. But yeah. we can leave it there. Yeah. I, 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 this is it's just wholly unrealistic. And then getting to that point of this wild overreaction on Mr. Kim's part during right. the garden party. It's just ridiculous to me. And again, I don't think it's a moral question or an ethical question because to me, I don't think Mr. Park did anything wrong in this movie. Now. You're making some clear statements that I disagree with because I do think there's an argument of degree and dimensions to the Park family. I do. That's fine. And I don't think he's a perfect person. I, think I don't he's think he's a perfect constantly person. Constantly sliding. I don't think anyone. Yeah, I'm not saying. I don't think anyone's a perfect right, person. But when you say existence. he doesn't do anything wrong, that's how I. I you know, I don't want to get bogged do down. He doesn't do anything wrong that merits murder. Correct. I or agree that with merits. That. The, I agree. the feeling of vengeance that Mr. Kim had. And I agree. And the, I think the fact that Bong Joon-ho characterizes him as ignorant of the Kim family being a family. Ignorant of the fact that the daughter is dying on the ground. That the son is being carried away bloody. That the father is putting... The, like everything the father has is lost. That the last night... Mr. Mr. Kim has. Mr. Kim... Yeah. La- the the night before, his entire home that he that he clinged to for years is flooded with sewer water after being called smelly, and that humiliates him. Whether you we think it, obviously it doesn't rationalize anything that happens in terms of murdering somebody or give him that justification, but that it, it uniquely humiliates him being called smelly. So, I think that we're given motivations. Whether you agree with those motivations or not, I don't. I don't think. I mean, no, I, yeah, I, no, I that. totally don't. You I totally don't. disagree yeah. with the motivations, but I think Bong Joon Ho is giving you motivations for that murder throughout, and I bought them. I want. I. I like was like okay. I get. Yeah. Immediately and from I, the obviously, first time I saw obviously, it, I a like, lot of people do, and I just yeah. don't. I, I don't understand. Like, and, and Park pissing you off from the beginning, but, of the movie but too. Park pissing you off, and this is another thing. The whole motivation. A lot of the motivation from this comes from their clashing of cultures because Park is saying things that embarrass Mr. Kim and really make him feel shame. Right. Mr. Kim puts himself in those positions. I agree. And guess what? 
You shouldn't have had the fucking job in the first place. I agree. And if you want to have that job and work for that type of person, you got to eat some shit. I agree. But his feelings... So he doesn't know. That's not... No, you don't get to do that. But you're taking it at the end from the end point of murdering. And I don't think it's a justification of murder. I do think it's a justification of feeling. Like, you can can be wrong. Not to that point. I agree. Not to that point. But I think you could be wrong... And you could have screwed up your whole life to be in the situation where you're serving a rich person and you could still feel shame and humiliation while serving them by what they're... I mean, they're in an awkward position too and we get to know the parks and their awkward positions. And they handle things at the end of the day in a wrong way because of the situation. I'm not saying they're morally wrong, but I'm saying strategically they couldn't have made this more of a perfect storm by their reactions to the Kims. All that being said is... You, I think you can relate, and I've worked menial jobs many a times. I've worked for Richfield people. I went to the prep school. I was always the poor kid in the prep. I don't want to say poor, whatever, middle class kid in the prep school with a million loans. And I get all those feelings throughout the movie. So my background is unique. Have you ever? I've never raised a hand wanting, to anybody. Yeah, well, that's but what have I'm you ever saying. thought of like being angry with somebody? Have like, you ever looked at a jerk? knife in a party no, with these no, around? Of the, course, right, not. that's what I'm like. Of course not. But my brothers weren't dying at my feet, and I didn't have the chance chance to lash out at something. My home and, and all that my possessions weren't flooded. If that was happening, you would tend to your brothers. You right. wouldn't pay this I asshole would. any fucking mo- like. We got to stop swearing, but. Look, I would do those things. In, I hope in my mind. I, I would lash would. out. I think that'd be and human reaction. And this is just in pro wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> there was a writer who worked for Vince McMahon who went to WCW in its dying days. Right. His name was Vince Russo. And Vince Russo has gotten a really bad reputation in the pro wrestling circles because mm-hmm. there's been things that have been referred to as Russo type swerves, which is he relied on swerves. Mm-hmm. Just to subvert the audience's expectation that didn't have proper buildup, just because they were swerves, and he thought that a swerve equaled ratings and a swerve equaled intrigue. Yeah, this reeked of that to me. Like there wasn't the proper build to me, and I get again, it's probably a subjective thing. It's probably a threshold thing to me, but it just didn't meet that level. I just have a laundry list of build things and i don't want to get into the evidence of that necessarily because we're gonna i don't think i don't think every point i don't don't think we do disagree on that i just don't think it adds up to that kind of reaction but the thing i I don't think it's realistic under the the circumstances the thing i i like about this is i don't think being the fact that this is a morality tale and a fable and a metaphor mm-hmm. and they, we, get, we get the curtain up and the curtain down in this movie and we're told it's a story and here's the story folks you know he's literally doing that in this movie or not literally he's metaphorically doing it. but that's happening I don't take literal justification as something I need from this movie I could take partial justification because I'm suspending my disbelief towards a fable. It's much worse. It's much worse in fairy tales and comic books when they go down this road. And and I'm not to... Because I, I, I think you get a lot of reasoning behind everybody's actions in this movie. Well, here's the main disagreement, right? You think enough was done. You, you can understand a person reacting in this that way. That they might react right. in this way. Yes, and I, I think it's wholly unbelievable unless the person has a mental illness or something. I don't know if he does. And that's I, that's the... Ba- right. I'm not going to demonize this person for killing him is also what I'm saying. I think... Right. And I, to me, I don't understand how you can't. Like, it's... A, I don't... It rises to the level yeah. of a morality issue for you. And to me, I'm just... It's just not close to it. And I think the times are really screwed up 
because in general we're dealing with massacres on a daily basis and we always say we can't imagine how they would do that that's probably part of it yeah for me and and you're stuck in a courtroom however many days a week a year where you're like i can't you have no choice other than to try and relate to this person and at the end of the day like i can't imagine myself killing a person over this or harming if one of my family members was stabbed and bleeding in front i would not i'm tending to them i'm doing yes. whatever i can to yes. get to get them healthy i think i don't I give a shit what people are doing i would doing do otherwise. the same i would do the same but i think in this movie uniquely all of it comes to a head in that moment and they show it very thoroughly you don't you disagree with the reasons but they do show reasons in that finale here's another issue i have and i want to get this out there too because i think it's important there's going to be people that listen to this conversation and it's like, well, of course it's a great movie. Listen to the dialogue it's having the two of you have in the discussion. I don't think that's intentional. I really don't. And I don't think this movie, because there's not enough evidence for me that Mr. Kim did wrong here. I don't think the movie is presenting this as an issue of right or wrong. I think it's presenting it supposedly as like he did right, right? Don't you agree? No, but the whole epilogue is uh, what I. My argument here is that the whole epilogue is condemning him to essentially a fate worse than death. I think that is a fate worse than death where he is isolated in that house, having to just be guilty over this with a man's pictures on the on the wall. And I is that better than than prison? I think that's worse than prison, in my opinion. I mean, right. obviously, I disagree with that. Obviously, yeah. you can go to jail and get, you know. Yeah, I, 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 I disagree, that but that's. Things. I mean, that, so I think it's just, maybe it's just the way of interpreting the world. I guess. I I think uh, Kite would do okay in prison because he's a nice guy. He just does nothing but flatter people. He's always making toasts. He's flicking stink bugs. He's a you know exterminator. He's a nice guy. <laughs> he's an exterminator. He had he had a bad moment. <laughs> I mean, the movie The Mustang is something I also saw, and they talk about pe- violent criminals having a bad moment, changing their whole lives. You know, I, again, this is my only touch to. I also have a problem, and this is a me problem too. I also have a problem when people are like, I just got so blinded with rage. Well, maybe get control of your emotions. Like, that's how no, I react to it. I've too. had so anger issues, and I, yeah. I used it athletically, but right. I've had anger issues in my life, and I can get why, you know, I'd never raise my hand to somebody in, in anger like that, but I, I've always had a temper. And I don't know if you, you have control of your temper, that's not one of your issues. I have, I have this. faux outrage. No, I wouldn't get to the point, and I have never, where I, where but, I have used it that But way. that goes to my argument. You're a person that you just said you had, you've had those kind of issues, and yet still, you probably, taking self-assessment, wouldn't react this way. But the whole point of this movie, and the whole point of that sequence, is to show how it all, all the pressure built up on this man. Yeah, and, and again, I, plenty of people think it's enough pressure, and I don't think it's near... That right. level, so that's the that's the main difference. That's the underlying difference. Here. So let's talk about some bests and maybe a few more worst. That we kind of talked about some of the worst here. Uh, I loved a bunch of scenes in this. You loved a bunch of scenes in this. The the father folding the the pizza boxes and him screwing those up. I thought that was a brilliant way to show what a screw up he was. The one out of four line. The I think it was a brilliant way to set up the family and yeah, all their was. jobs. It was. Like the two kids, all they do is lie. Yep. The father, all he does is trying to do things the easy way, the fast way, and he screws up. The mother, all she does is lash out. I mean, I'm not saying that that defines their characters necessarily, but you get a starting point with their flaws in that scene, and it's going to carry them through the movie. I love the son's first tutoring of Dahai. <laughs> Now, he's probably 19 or 20. She's 16. I did read something to say that 16 is not illegal over there. She's oh, a sophomore. Jesus Christ. I didn't I, think about that. I didn't like that, but it's still 20 to 16. 
All right, I you know you get that they're both kids yeah, in my mind. That. That's that's gross. It's still, but they're both kids in my mind, and it's happened. Still gross. <laughs> is it though? Is it gross? Twenty and sixteen. Twenty and sixteen that's, is frowned upon, as I would I, say. I would not. Yeah, that's again legal well, background, but that's all right. Different things. It's different countries yeah, too. Right. Different it is, standards. It is. Um, what you need is vigor, though. That scene to get back to it. Uh, he's being a con man here, this is but he's more, also giving truth. This is more frustration on my part because that misdirection. I was like, why are they falling in love this quick? I, I thought this is the direction the movie was going to go in. I was like, why is he kissing her already? They have already interacted. They've only interacted once, yeah. and that was a misdirection. You learn later that they're they're shysters and they're he's conning yes. this family to work yes. his so uh, the fact that you have that misdirection set up so beautifully leads to more disheartening and discouragement on my part later on in the movie because you can do a very effective misdirection and again i understand it's interpretation it's a subjective interpretation blah 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 but that's just where i'm coming from i love the uh the, the setup of the rich wife mrs park yun kyo She's sleeping during the day. The housekeeper's forced to clap. I think that's a great shot. It says so much. They put it in the trailer. When she is interviewing Kiwu, who's going by Kevin here, she is just in the most roundabout, idiotic way possible, describing men's work. Like, we love men. If you're not at men's level... And yet we were going to stick with him despite my daughter's grades. Yeah. So that the men was actually yeah. failing and just probably, you know, making out with the girl. Well, men is there. a gross human being in his Min's own terrible. right, right? He's gross. Hey, buddy, can you lie to this family about being a tutor and take over watching this girl just so I think so I can claim dibs on her when I get back? Exactly. Yeah. Isn't that the mo- the grossest yeah, thing ever? Yeah. And this movie, and that's I think, purposeful. I get that. Yeah. He's doing that. Yeah. You have the only person to die on the Kim side yep. is the sister. You have this girl being taken advantage of by these older guys you have a lot being said about the feminism of the mother who's able to physically being a hammer thrower which i didn't like either she threw the hammer and it hit a car out there wouldn't that be some window yeah yeah there's a big crash anyway you have the mother being the physical one in the relationship the the more powerful one I, i liked all that stuff and i think he's definitely saying some things on the sly about gender equality yeah here I love that there's many details that have parallels, and there's many. De- I mentioned some of them: the hot sauce, the stink bugs, the hot that sauce. That whole scene, the montage of getting rid of the housekeeper. Your was best scene, right? Beautiful at best, but with a by far one, maybe one of the best scenes of the year. Truly, I mean, you you have the the Kijong holding the peach. That's what. Mm-hmm. That's a meme. That's a gift. That's been all and over. And it's the slow internet. motion, right? It's on the trailer. Yeah, and we have the the conversation. She's allergic to peach fuzz and the pizza shop, and they're now back at the pizza shop, stuffing it in the that owner's face that they don't have to work for her anymore. So she drops off the pizza in such a disgusted manner the at their table. S- the squirt of that hot sauce. The hot sauce happens is... three times. The squirt yep. of red happens three times in this movie. It happens with the hot sauce. It happens on the Kleenex, mm-hmm. and then it happens on the the table at the picnic. Yep. With real blood, the actual I blood. Thought that was yeah. brilliant. Uh, that, I, I love that all of that scene. I thought it was so great. Yeah. Uh, the the husband, Mr. Park, talks about the former housekeeper, Moon Gwang, that she ate enough for two at the beginning of the movie, and we realized at the end of the movie that she was giving her husband, this pe- the man <laughs> yep. under the stairs, that food. Mm-hmm. Something happened to that little boy in first grade. Wow, what a great crescendo to that first scene that this uh, this girl is able to uncover in five minutes of being in art therapy, whatever. 
That was great. And I mean, this is the absurdity by... of the rich people. Right. It, like going, having that whole I saw a ghost story play out to the natural end of this is uh, well, die songs. Did you ever think that was going to be the natural end before you realized that there's a man under the stairs, that the son saw the man and you no, thought no, that I'm was... No, no, I'm saying, yeah, I, I get that. I'm saying like this is die songs trauma cake. Right. That's how they're going to smooth this I issue over. that's where it ended though, right? It's ridiculous. To have the man come out, murder the sister... The Kim sister, and then the son passes out, which causes, you know, in a, I mean, in terms of causality, the the fathers to have that. Yeah, home. that. I mean, the the man coming up and being the ghost, and that's why Dai Song passes out. That all made sense. That I was agree. Such a brilliant yeah. thread in the screenplay. Obviously, the kids smelling them. You have multiple scenes about the smell. You disagree with the. the I hate it. I you hate, hate it, it but so it, much. It does build up. It's your fault. Mr. Kim, for that bad. you're... No, not for smelling bad, not at all. But it's your fault for hearing the parts talk about your smell and being offended by it and th- having that feel shame to you because you snuck into the house when you weren't supposed I to... Agree. First of all, you snuck into that job. But, you snuck into the house when you weren't supposed to be there. You're listening to their conversations yep. when they think they're alone in the privacy of their own home. Correct. I agree I, with I all that. I hate all of that. I agree with all that. However, it still hurts to be the smelly kid in class... The sweaty kid in class. TFB! As an Italian, I'm a little they whatever. Clearly have, they clearly have access to soap and different kinds of laundry soap. They talk about that earlier in the film. I agree. I agree with you, but there's no way he can get the smell off after a night where sewer and uh, water from the sewers where they overflow and infect everything. So he's particularly, he's probably was dealing with that smell because it didn't pop up You know how you solve that so it doesn't eat away at you? Hey, I'm sorry if I smell a little weird. My, my house got flooded last night with sewage water. Right. That would be the right way to do it. He doesn't do You don't that. let that bubble over, so I'm going to stab my fucking boss! <laughs> Maybe. I could probably agree with that rationale. How about the prosperity stone, the scholar's rock, the gift from Min, the fact that the grandfather collects a Min's grandfather, the son clings to what it in the one scene. boring collection. But then this, yeah, boring. But then the son <laughs> is going to murder these people in the under the stairs yeah if they were still yeah. alive he was yeah. going to take that plan of action he's all about plans he's going to take that plan of action and go murder them and then he screws it up because before on the stairs he screwed it up yeah. they, they all were a bunch of goofy clumsy idiots they were that way before they were this way now and he the father can't fold a pizza box they all take after one another they're clumsy and he drops the rock and then he gets taken which which was terrifying that yeah. whole scene he gets back up, was he gets well hit with that goddamn scholar's rock and it, it brain missed. damage. It missed. Well, it hits him. He gets hit twice with right, it. Right, right. But the second time when we see him getting hit, right. the establishing shot, it clearly missed. I don't understand why that made the final cut. It clearly hits the floor. I don't know. The guy's crazy. He's full of blood. <laughs> All right. Hits I'm the a, floor. Just, there was a beautiful visual there, too. I mean, the plum juice was such a nice touch. And then when we have the blood from Kiwu's head mixing with the plum juice because the husband tossed the container. Side. And that the, was, plum that was juice, the plum juice factors in three times. All the yeah. plop, props, excuse me, factor in three this times This is why piece. it's so maddening to me. You have such a finely tuned movie. Even the flood, right? The flood, not that it was a flood at the time, but the rain causes them to leave the camping trip. The tent is something the little boy wants to do in the rain. The kid loves rain. It said earlier that the kid loves rain. I love so you the, get the that whole too. Oh, scenario. The, the tent was made in the U.S. It'll be fine. It won't leak. As opposed to we all say <laughs> that stuff from China was shoddily made sometimes because uh, we're just yeah, jackasses. And then you get the payoff of the whole water situation, the flooded basement apartment. I just thought, I think that's really smart writing. 
I agree, and that's why I hate all this. <laughs> this is such a finely tuned, minutia-driven, specific little details thought out in advance, storyboarded to death as Bong Joon-ho has been, you know, to said do, yep. to do. And yet, it just falls flat as far as motivation goes at the end for me. So that's unfortunate. I wonder where everybody weighs in on this. I mean, clearly everybody disagrees with me. I understand. But I wonder, I seriously wonder, though. I wonder if everybody walks out of this movie thinking masterpiece at the end of the day because those are that's such a high bar. If if there's a wave of everybody saying masterpiece after the movie comes out, and we didn't read all the reviews, no. maybe a lot of, no. of these critics are tempered out there, but most of them are saying masterpiece at the end of it. I wonder if the public gets a hold of this and they're like, "Well, that was good, but it's a B plus. It's not a A plus." Yeah, I, I I wonder as well. I also don't think. I mean, because just because it is an international pic- picture, I don't know that we're going to have more than the hardcore movie audiences getting to this anyway, uh, just because of our own arrogance and American centric views, and we're stupid. Uh, <laughs> I, I have like two more pages written. I'm not going to get into them now because we kind of well, the only other yeah, the only other highlight I want to say yeah. is this is legitimately a funny movie. I mean, there's it's a funny. lot of comedy, especially yeah. in the first half of the movie. That urine water deluge fight before the apartment floods it's with funny. the outside guy. I mean, there's so many big laugh out loud moments. There's goods in this movie, even for someone who doesn't like the movie. Right. I will say that. I also have a bunch of worse, but they's pale in comparison to your worse <laughs> somehow. But I do want to say, like, yeah, the hammer throw. Like, how does that not get tapped? Like, how does somebody not knock on the door and say, did you? Is this hammer yours? Did you throw this from over there? My my car is ruined. Let's get our insurances involved. Well, that's is the, the what one happened. Of the, one there, of man. the problems with the movie. I said to you last night, they're so obvious. They're living behind so much evidence that a family of four has snuck into your house and eaten your food and now, drank they, your liquor yeah, yeah, and we used argued your farm. about this last night. I, I, I refuse to believe no. that a rich person they don't. would not realize that a family of four I've has lived, used this stuff. I've lived this experience. Yeah, you say you have a family member who is who's yeah, fortunate they're, 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 enough. Right. Everybody I've known who's been obscenely My wealthy, is, obscenely wealthy, they have no effing idea how much right. liquor is in their right. stash, My how retort, much food is in their pantry. You could steal from them for weeks. This, you, this is the stereotype. Me, and two of your brothers, <laughs> right, need to go to one of these people's places and we, drink and eat in the way the we, Kim family does we here. We could. And I want to see how long it would take them to not notice that their glasses have been shattered and just shoved under the, the table in the middle of the room. We could. And that their hammer no, but, but, but is look, gone. Look, the middle of the room gets cleaned up by the by the housekeeper. She, she could, She's there all night. She can clean that up later. They're missing cups and glasses and china and mugs. They have an overabundance. That's They're the stereotype. They're missing liquor everywhere. People they are just getting care. fucking hammered. They don't care. You can uh, rob them blind. I find that blind. so hard to Down believe. Down Abbey taught me this. If anything did, <laughs> I find you can so rob them blind. I hate that. They wouldn't know. I hate that. They're, it's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Rich people are still people. They're not just holy disassociated I agree, society. but they don't necessarily keep tabs on all and of their numerous are, possessions. Rich people aren't rich by just giving away money. But they're stingy with money. They're not necessarily stingy with possessions. And even the wife here in this particular case is just like, oh, I'll add money for inflation. They don't care. 
They they're paying through the nose on all this stuff. The father goes bring walkie talkie home, walkie talkies home, and he brings fourteen of them in a box that is as tall as Mr. Kim. We don't know that those are all walkie. They're all walkie talkies. They're all camping nonsense. They have a whole cellar that is just filled to the brim with everything. They have seventy four of every single thing in that cellar. Right. So maybe their camping equipment. It would take them a while to notice. I don't think something you use every day like food. Or alcohol. They don't give a shit. Oh, my God. All right, fine. <laughs> I would eat all their food. Uh, the epilogue, the sun, the whole Morse code thing is absurd. We have no evidence that Ka- Kiwu knows Morse code. No, he doesn't. But you can we realize. Have no evi- what you do you can, mean you could realize? He could realize that he's waiting for his father to show himself in that situation. I'm going he's to hoping, go hide. beyond hope. I'm going to go hide. In and the you woods. will have a, an idea of maybe five places which I'm at. And I'm going to do Morse code on something for you to find Mike, every day. If you knew your father was in the basement of this place, which I think at this point he's put two and two together, he he has I, a, I he has a yeah. high suspicion that his father is there. And then you see a light blinking with dots and dashes that are pretty much obviously Morse code. And once you write those down, you can put that together. I don't think you can't put that together. So how long is the father doing this blinking? This is so, this is bothering me. I'm sorry. The father has nothing effing to do down there. So except just read, all day, learn more code. Just all day, he's no, blinking he's this light. No, he's not. He's doing it in okay. the middle of the so night. So if Kiwu just walks up on this blinking light, he's not going to get the full message. He knows. So he's got to go back the, the next day. The father and the correct, next day. Correct. The father he get knows. caught. <laughs> No, he wouldn't. There's a house. He's in the middle the of the guy woods. takes his life into his hands just by going upstairs into the fridge. You have oblivious Because there's a people. housekeeper there 24-7, but I can blink this light nonstop. No, it's not nonstop. It it's up. in the middle of the night once a night, which is exactly what the other man under the stairs kind of taught him to do. He does one ritual every night. That guy's honoring that tradition. There's nothing else to F for him to do down there. He puts a letter to his son and he's going to do it once a night. I mean, or twice a night. Or he's not going to do it all day, every day. Everybody would just realize that. And he's not that stupid, even though he is stupid. How long did it take Kiwu to find out that he was blinking? I the don't light know. It is That's what I'm saying. This is epilogue. ridiculous. It would it's take long forever. Epilogue. And because it would take forever, they both would get caught. They might get caught. They'll probably get caught in the reality of even I this movie. I hate this movie. <laughs> there we go. We got here. We got here. I liked it. I thought it made sense. They wrote the shit out of it. We got wildly different takes on this yeah. one. I think it was interesting to get here. Before we call each other smelly, I think we should move on and finish this up, right? Let's put the final touches on it. We have Parasite, a very highly regarded and very much loved picture, whether people are telling the truth about that or just don't want to be in the minority. We call ourselves leaders, is what we say there. Uh, What do we give this for a final grade, Michael? So, I'm an A-90. Oh my god. And I'm high on it. I really am. I love it. It's one of the best movies of the year. (laughs) I can't wins, be with you, my friend. If this wins Best Picture. Worst movies, for me, have won Best Picture. I agree with that. I don't think it will, for the for the record. If this beats The Irishman and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. you haven't. We haven't seen The Irishman yet, but we want to like The Irishman. I would watch. You love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I would watch Rocket Man on repeat before I watch this movie <laughs> Is that again. stakes? Is that a bet? <laughs> no, a, a bet against what? No, we might have to do something. This is but. a very well done movie. But there is a world 
where this is going to piss you off at the end of the day, like the last two Best Picture winners have pissed you off. I understand. In particular, I'm, and me. I'm a delusional person. Mm. But the more we talk, the more I'm convinced that people are just riding the coattails of other critics saying this is good. Well, that's what I wonder. I, I mean, I, I kind of want to study. Let's cover it in further Oscar race yeah. checkpoints. What is the actual esteem of this movie? Is everybody saying it's a B plus and you have some A's? Or are people saying, you know, it's a masterpiece across the board? I think it's a little more tempered, is my guess. Because based on the awards... Yeah, if the first, re- if the first yeah. reviews came out and were like... This is a B movie. Hmm. I wonder if everyone would be like, oh, this is a B movie. It's a really solid movie. It could happen. Right. Consensus can be formed by a few really smart, respected critics putting putting out something that leads the way. I mean, As we saw. Always, I am the huh. lone light in this world of darkness that must lead the truth. I want to give you an epilogue now where we pan down <laughs> from the basement window and you're, you're writing this truth and sending say, it to me in Morse code. Say, well, I'm going to do Morse code. And I tell you what, if I do Morse code somewhere for three weeks and you don't have any idea I'm doing it and you don't show up, I win. I win that argument. I grant it. Grant it. I'll grant you that. Uh, it's a very well done technical movie. It's a very well done, so very, yeah, what's your very good shot movie. Uh, cinematography is beautiful. The script, I hate. Right. Uh, the first the first hour and a half of this movie, I think, is very well done. I, I think it just falls apart when you get into motivations. And I'm the only one that feels this. So I say bravely in the face of all majority shouting me down, I'll give it a 79 C+. All right, good. Uh, with the, I like that. I think people are yeah. going to, you know, t- you know, sh- selfishly, I think people are going to click on this one. 90-79. That's a good call. Good job. I'm willing to die on this hill, and I will, you could all come for me, and I'll fight with every last breath in my body. Because we didn't do all the fighting here. We're literally <laughs> leaving, like, two pages apiece on the cutting room floor, yeah. I think. All right. Well. It is I'll what it is. I'll never see this again. Guys, we want to know your thoughts, comments, questions, concerns about Parasite, and truly, if you need to come fight with me, just Go, on, go for just him, folks. Bring it. Get at him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I want to know your thoughts about this and anything else we do here in the MMO Empire. You can leave us those. Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook. Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Instagram. At MM and Oscar on Twitter. I can't wait for people to like say I'm the one being Americanized right now and saying just because it's an international film, that's why I didn't get it. Yeah, I don't think they'd do that. Screw them. No, because you love international <laughs> films. Uh, look, I mean, I, I went in with a point today, and I think this was wise. You know, I, I, I we argued about this in pre-production. I respected your opinion. The bong hive's going to be mad at me because I didn't turn your 79 into an 87 or an 85. I, I, I purposely didn't try to do that. I wanted to understand your reasoning here because we have gone like the half hour segments yeah. on plot arguments yeah. before and i don't think that plays as well and i think that just leaves us both frustrated i'm also not saying this is like a terrible piece of cinema it's not it's watchable i get it but when i saw this movie too i didn't necessarily think masterpiece and when i saw this movie i di- didn't necessarily think everybody's gonna love this movie so i think it's perfectly reasonable you have an opinion that you don't like this movie yes people <laughs> can see this and not like this movie. I agree with your assessment there. <laughs> Face your making. <laughs> Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com and on Reddit. We are available everywhere you hear podcasts, including and especially Apple Podcasts. Just go to your little, if you, if you use an iPhone, know someone who does, or you just use iTunes, which I think has now gone defunct. If you go on your iPhone, that little purple square, 
It's got a bong hive sticking out of it. Just tap on that. <laughs> uh, type Mike, Mike, and Oscar into the search. Tap on our logo that you'll see us in our Halloween costumes right now. And you'll scroll down once, see the opportunity to leave us five stars. If you can do that, we really appreciate it. Despite even if you do think that this movie is great and I'm way off the base, leave us five stars and then leave a comment that says I'm very much wrong about oh, Parasite. Oh, that would help us That's so fine. Thank you. Uh, Mike, what's coming next? Do and it what are for some words of also, Mike. Also, Mike is the one who <laughs> likes this movie. I want to make that very clear. Mike, one is the character. He's the persona that dislikes yes. the film. So Bong Hive, that, that's where we stand. Uh, what's coming next? We are going to do an MMO Weekly. We're going to keep doing those at the beginning of your every week, talking about Hollywood news, doing our fun audience interaction, a lot of cool trailer reviews, and movie and TV reviews. We've got a lot of TV reviews coming. For the rest of next week, we have Dolomite Is My Name. we got another Oscar race, Checkpoint, which is also a new show, particularly on awards season. Mm -hmm. A bunch of fun segments involved there. And we have an all-the-horror entry for this year's 31 days of horror for that specific event. We're very proud of it. It is going to be asking all of our friends to weigh in on how they would spend the zombie apocalypse, Mike. Why am I doing my ad reading voice here? <laughs> I'm practicing it. No one's going to hire us because I'm doing it. I suck at it. Uh, I'm certainly to... not going to get many South Korean advertisers it, after this no, episode. I plummeted was... that. But the food, though. We love the food. food you, can you great. just admit food you love great. The, the, the food? Well, some food look great. Some food look some great. Food look great. All right, That's but the Pizza Hut of South Korea, you're not into. <laughs> no, I'm not. You, you like your pizza. You highly have, offensive pizza, yeah. You, no, we're a pizza snobs, yeah. though. Here well, it's Connecticut. Haven, yeah. And Connecticut. The pizza capital of the world, New York. So where in F was I? Oh, all the horror. <laughs> so because we're doing an episode that will preview Zombieland Double Tap with all our friends next Thursday, so tune into that. <sighs> <laughs> This thing goes bad as I thought it could have. This is all right. This is an hour and 18 minutes of my life I want to get back someday. <laughs> Guys, when reality sucks, you can come watch movies of any quality, apparently, with us. Uh, we are Mike, Mike, and Oscar more seriously. Trying to make a war season year-round without the stuffiness. Uh, can't wait to hear your thoughts. Sincerely, looking forward to your thoughts on this, and we'll see you soon. See you.